I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you all are listening to us in your earbuds while you're weeding, harvesting, and I really do think that is the ultimate privilege. So thank you so much. Um, It's Shannon here. So this week I am doing the podcast with a very special co-host. Lindsay is actually taking the week off. So we will miss Lindsay, but she will be back next week in part two of this Grow and Tell series that we're doing all on our favorite crop. Some people love them. Some people hate them. They are tricky, but when you get them right, woo. They are just so beautiful. So my co-host today is my hubby, Dahlia extraordinaire, partner in crime, Judd. You all heard him on the weed management. (laughs) Go ahead. Say hi, Judd. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Um, You all heard him on the weed management episode, and we got so many good comments on that. So I know you really loved it. And when I say like Judd really took a lot of interest in our Dahlias, he is definitely the Dahlia guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's something that uh it's something that has become a love and at first I didn't know anything about dahlias when we started growing dahlias, but it's just kind of something um that I've taken on as a as a challenge and I really enjoy it. Yeah, so it, this is going to be a two-part series. The first part is going to be me and Judd talking all about really technical growing information, how we grow them from beginning to all the way to dividing tubers. So it'll be that entire process. Next week, if you tune in, and I hope that you do, Lindsay will be back and we'll be talking about why do we grow dahlias, how we sell them, our favorite varieties for, you know, different, you know, some of our favorite varieties for weddings maybe aren't the, our favorite varieties for market bouquets. Um, so we're going to be talking about all of our favorites plus um, sourcing them. How do you find tubers? Um, what are our all-time favorites and what are maybe some a sneak peeks into some of the tubers that we're going to be looking at next year? Mm-hmm. Um, so, all right. So we are going to start digging the dirt and I'll have Judd. Judd will kind of start. We have kind of had like a really like up and down, you know, we... <laughs> We learned a lot of hard lessons. Yes, um, I, we always say we've we think we've done everything right, but we know we've know we've done everything wrong with Dahlias. And you know what? That's what um, that's that's how you learn and by making mistakes. And it kind of for me, it, it fueled my fire to learn and do better the next year. So mm-hmm. yeah, we've definitely made a lot of mistakes. So um, our first year when we got started, this is our sixth year farming, and our first year farming we decided to grow dahlias. I mean, why not? We didn't know uh, how to even plant a sunflower, anything. So why not try dahlias? So um, we didn't have a lot of money to start our flower farm. But one of our big investments is we bought 400 dahlias. 
And we were just kind of like, you know, you guys, when you guys started out, we're like, okay, we want dahlias, but what do we want? Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of said, uh, uh, this one looks cool. We got big ones, small ones, uh, different colored ones. And, um, you know, we, we just kind of went from there. Uh, I just remember even when they were coming up, I didn't even know what dahlia foliage even looked like. That's how like we didn't even know what we were looking at, to be honest with you. And uh, so, yeah, we've learned a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. I really think it's kind of been an evolution. And that's something like I always talk a lot about farming is like what, what we're going to share has worked for us. And literally, I think we tried it. <laughs> maybe uh, we've tried it a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and maybe and I, maybe what works for us, maybe that isn't the answer for you, but I hope that we can provide a lot of insight and pros and cons um, to how that, how that you might be interested in growing dyes. A lot of it depends on how many you're growing, um, what you're growing them for. So there is a lot of variables, but you know, like I always say, like our farms are always, you know, a work in progress. And every year you just keep fine tuning, fine tuning, fine tuning. And that really is, I think what Judd has kind of like led the charge for us is just like figuring out what's our sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, with the dahlias. Um, so, and it's changed from year one. Um, do you, do you want to talk about our, our big mistake year one? Uh, so yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure so, you all have been there. The yes. end, at the end of the year. Yeah, mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so beginning of the year, like I said, we didn't even know what a dahlia even looked like when it was coming up. So we're looking at weeds and you know, there's always a couple of weeds that look like dahlias, but anyways, at the end of the year, the dahlias were beautiful. We loved them. We're like, okay, we dig them up. We got them all dug. We were feeling like rock stars. And so we had an extra garage that became our uh, flower studio. Mm-hmm. And before we put our walk-in cooler in there, the people before us, they had this thing all framed out that's a walk-in cooler now. And basically, they had it insulated on the ceiling and the walls a little bit. And we were, like I said, she has told you, like, when we started, we had our three kids within three years. We were, I was working two other jobs plus the flower farm. So we were like literally out with headlamps and just burning the midnight oil, getting all these things done. So mm-hmm. sometimes we were, honestly, there was a night where there was a chance of frost and it was supposed to be like 33 degrees below or something like that. And I'm like, you know, there's some insulation. I talked myself into it. I'm like, there's some insulation in that extra garage over there. Uh, they'll, they'll probably be okay. I had all the dahlias in there because I was too lazy and too tired to take them downstairs in our basement. And I left them out there that night and I rolled the dice and we literally killed. They literally all turned to mush, probably 80, 90% of yeah. our dahlias. And that was a that was heartbreaking for us. Mm-hmm. Like that was heartbreaking. And it's like when you're, it's bad enough when you do it for yourself, but when you're in business with your wife <laughs> oh, and you have to you tell forgiving. her that and she's super forgiving. It's not like she, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like about like, you know, the fear of telling her other than just like just being disappointed in yourself and just knowing how hard we work for that money to get those dahlias. And it literally, it was like a slap across the face for, for me where I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, there's things I have to take a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. So in a way I look back on it, it's a blessing because it really kind of, I took it as a challenge to myself to do better and uh, come up with better ways of doing things. And uh, so, yeah, it was very heart wrenching and it was a terrible thing to go feel those mm-hmm. dahlias that were turned to mush. Mm-hmm. All of them, <laughs> pretty much all of them. Uh <laughs> 
and start over. Mm-hmm. And like 400 values when you're starting out is a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what happened year one. Yeah. So, I mean, even like, you know, sometimes when you see other farms, we're all, we're all making mistakes and we're all learning. Um, that's part of the process. So, okay. So let's, we're going to start at kind of the beginning um, of when you have like that tuber that's ready to go. It's in your hand and you're preparing to get started planting. We're going to start talking about the way that we do it, how we've done it in the past. And um, hopefully we can, you guys can really glean some good information from this. So I think, you know, obviously when you're planting anything, it all starts with some good soil prep. Mm-hmm. So I think that's step number one. And what do you think, Jed? What so this way? soil prep, if you're like saying, hey, next year, I want to plant dyes for the first time ever. The first thing you should do is get a soil test. Mm-hmm. And right now, especially for people in the north, it's a great time to get a cover crop in. So the area you're planting, get a cover crop in. Get something that's going to build up the organic matter of your soil. And obviously with your soil test is you want to adjust your soil to get it to grow for dahlias. Mm-hmm. So those are very, very uh, good things that you can do. Mm-hmm. So like compost wise, you could add it now in the fall, but we generally add our compost when we plant. So mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the idea why, if why compost is important for dahlias is because they do have such a long growing period. So they like grow on, grow on, grow on, they grow, and then they're finally blooming. So they really do take a lot of nutrients from mm-hmm. the soil. And that's where I think it's later in the season that you're going to see the benefits from that compost. It's, it's also the, the the feeding that the dahlias do, but it also loosens the soil. And dahlias prefer like a looser soil. Like We live in Ohio and we have a lot of clay soil mm-hmm. and it's heavy and the dahlias don't like spread out as good. So if you ever lifted your dahlias and they're real tight, that's sometimes a, a, a sign that your soil is very hard. Mm-hmm. And if you know what I'm talking about, I mean, where it just comes up and it looks like just a mess of a ball and they're all intertwined real, real tight around each other. If you add some compost and you add leaf mulch and all these things, it'll loosen up the soil and the dye is like the tubers actually will spread out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And as far as soil prep, when we are prepping our beds and this can kind of go hand in hand with how we plant. Mm-hmm. So because, um, and Judd can talk about this, but we currently plant in our with our black plastic mulch layer mm-hmm. but there is some steps as far as like fertilizer that we do prior to laying the beds yeah so uh, to me it's like the three things you're like looking to think about when you're planting your dahlias is obviously is weed control uh that's one thing that we it's it's the same thing as like other flowers so you think about how, how am i going to handle the weeds how am i going to irrigate these and then you also have to think about everybody's favorite thing for dahlias, the big dahlia dig at the end of the year. How are you going to do that? So for us, we plant all our stuff into raised beds. And the reason we do that is because I have a digger on the back of my tractor. I stopped hand digging at 3000 dahlias and we finally bought a potato digger for our dahlias. And it's like a game changer for us. Mm -hmm. So, so we obviously drip irrigate. So that's how we water right now. And then our weed control right now, we do bioplastic, the bio gold. Mm-hmm. And that helps out tremendously for the hand weeding. And then, of course, that's how we mm-hmm. we plant in the raised beds so we can use the digger to get them out of the ground efficiently. Mm-hmm. So before we lay our raised beds, though, we're using like a granular mm-hmm. um, f- organic fertilizer, like a re- we have a kind of a local um, like fert supplier. Yeah. Um, that we use 
we uh we don't use like triple 19 or anything like that or triple 20 or uh anything um too high uh, we use like a, i think it's like a five four mm-hmm. five it's revita pro it's by ohio earth food it's an organic fertilizer and it's a slow release and it has calcium and everything and like that and i just feel like um the dahlias really respond well to that mm-hmm. and that's honestly for us that's the only time we use any kind of granular fertilizer mm-hmm. so yeah so we lay the fertilizer we make the raised beds with the bio gold and mm-hmm. when and during that process we're laying the drip tape um and then at that so the the bio gold is what we use for weed management for our dahlias yeah so as far as like spacing for our dahlias we do them like one foot apart we do 12 by 12 grid i used to do offset like you're walking Honestly, it doesn't matter. You could just literally go 12 by 12 by 12 by 12. Mm-hmm. So and two rows. Two rows. Mm-hmm. 12 two by rows, 12. 12 by 12. Um, we we find that that's the – it's. I feel like that for us, we have a good size farm and we do plant a lot of dahlias. But for us, that's a good maximizing use of space because mm-hmm. even like when you're digging them up, you can easily – I could get the two wide – at the same time with the potato digger. Mm-hmm. So it's a good use. Instead of putting 150 in a bed, I could put 300 in a bed because our beds are 150 foot long. Mm-hmm. So, And essentially during planting time, we just run a really long tape measure down the bed. I mean, this is that's what we've done in the past. Overly sophisticated. So we're very excited because we actually got a water wheel transplanter mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to use that for planting our dahlias mm-hmm. for this year. Also, one more thing for the planting is the spacing is 12 inches. But one thing that we didn't do, and I think it's a rookie thing to do when you're planting dahlias, is before we planted them pretty shallow, where you just kind of put them in inch or two underneath the ground, just kind of cover them. And if they had like a little shoot, let, let the little shoot come out because you want a baby, you want your plant to succeed. So you plant shallow. Mm-hmm. So for us, something we did that's really helped tremendously um, is that we started planting them deeper. Yes. We try to go, we say four to six inches deep. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you put the compost in, you have the nice rich soil, it's a lot easier to get them that deeper. Mm-hmm. So the reason we do that is because dahlias have a hollow stem and it adds more support to the plant, you know, so that helps keep them from toppling over. Mm-hmm. So we also corral, we call it corral the dahlias, mm-hmm. but by planting them deeper, it's really helped us out with the toppling over yeah. and giving a sturdier plant. I, I think it, it really has. It's been, it's been really good. Mm-hmm. And so when we go through and we do plant those a little bit deeper, we wait to water um, until we start seeing some green sprouts, correct? Yes. Until you see green, do not water. Mm-hmm. Usually at that time of year, we're still getting a good amount of rain. And uh, dahlias like to be wet. They're th- very thirsty. They like to drink, but they don't like sitting in water, mm-hmm. especially when they're they're getting sprouted. You know, generally once they get going, you know, unless you have like a flood, you're not going to get anything from like it, mm-hmm. from like watering too much mm-hmm. or anything like that. Yeah. So once they get going for us, the, then it's it's we can really start watering mm-hmm. them pretty good. So. Yeah, and just just to note on something we did this year, which I think has worked out really good, um, is when Judd goes through and he lays those raised beds for the dahlias, we actually put in a wheat cover crop in wheat, right? Yeah, it's it, uh, we did wheat, rye, mm-hmm. and clover. It's kind of like a mix. 
And um, so we do the walkways that way. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's just a weed, it's a weed management thing. And it's also aesthetically, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty versus mm-hmm. bare ground. Cause even if you do miss a couple and you have a couple weeds in there, then the people don't really notice it that yeah. much. And it doesn't affect the dahlia dig or anything like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's been something we did on our farm, but just like a note, um, that has been really good. And we're, it's just like another layer of continually adding like organic matter to the soil through the pathways. So yeah, it's really good. And so as far as like picking your planting spot, we move ours every year. Yeah. We rotated with everything else. Um, that dahlias generally, you can plant them in the same spot. You can do that. Mm-hmm. But for us, we just, we rotate with everything else because it just makes sense for our farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, and a note on planting, because I put it out there this morning, we were recording, Hey guys, if you have any Dahlia questions, you know, let us know on the dirt on flowers, Instagram page. And we had a few people asking about, can you plant them in pots? Can you plant them in like bags? Um, and, I, I know some people do try to plant them in pots, but we don't advise to I, do that. Every once in a while, I'll throw one in a pot here at the house, and they never do good mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just they it just holds more moisture or whatever. I mean, you can. I've seen people do it, but for me, it's just like in the ground is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know when you're trying to make your farm like a little leaner, and you just I, I think that's just something that's kind of like extra that can be easily cut out. I think we should be putting them in, um, in the ground in a raised bed. So just like another note on the raised beds and is it's nice to have the raised bed, especially for us because we have clay soil. So it holds water really good. Um, is that what, because dahlias are very thirsty, Mm -hmm. like they like a really deep watering, but they don't want to sit in it. So the raised bed allows them to kind of sit above ground level. Mm -hmm. Um, in addition to being good for our digger too. So we really do think even, you know, for our customers who are just, who are buying tubers, our local people, um, we really do recommend like if they could do a raised bed, that really is a good, a good idea for the dahlias. So another thing I'm planting is one of the questions is all the different ways we've done it. Yeah. So for us, year one, we put them into bare ground. Yeah. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even mark them. So like I said, I was like looking like with like I was like up there with a hoe. The weeds, it was it was a disaster, but we we somehow managed to to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So we've done bare ground in the like not a raised bed. Mm-hmm. That really kicked my butt when we were digging up the dahlias. Um then after that, we started going to raise beds, mm-hmm. but then we were putting leaf mulch on it. I liked that. There was still some hand weeding involved with that, and I liked that you could till it in at the end of the year when it's all said and done, you're adding that leaf compost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like it was a lot of labor. It got to the point once we got to about $3,000 where I was like, okay, this is just like – it's a lot of hand like – Hand mulching. Hand mulching. Hand weeding down, still. Hand, and you're still hand weeding mm-hmm. the whole beds. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, the weeds still come up. And so we were spending a lot of time hand weeding. Mm-hmm. So what we – we tried it one year with the plastic mulch and we did terrible with it, the bio. And like I was like, oh no, I'm never going to do that again. But that was year two, two. for me that we did the bioplastic mm-hmm. and the raised beds. And we had short dahlias and we were like, what in the heck is going on? We're watering them. Well, something we kind of learned and we started paying attention to more is that we were actually underwatering. Mm-hmm. So the dahlias were getting really hot. And so we had really stunted growth with our, our bio plastic dahlias Mm -hmm. so ever since like this is we went back to it this year for the bioplastic 
our dahlias are looking great. Mm -hmm. We're watering more and that's the biggest thing, especially when it's hot out in the summer. Dahlias are going to always kind of go dormant, but we felt like it was less weeding. We were weeding the holes. We went through twice the whole year and weeded around the holes. And by that time, the canopies got big enough where we were done weeding around the plants. Mm -hmm. And then the bioplastic with the irrigation, it's just been, it's been good. We've, mm -hmm. we've been really happy with it. Mm -hmm. And um, last year I kind of did a cut, I did one bed of tuberose in the bioplastic and I was able to use the mulch layer or excuse me, the potato digger in the bioplastic. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it works out okay. And, and um, one year we actually did what like mechanical cultivation, did, didn't we one year? Or maybe that's um, no. The, no. For is we did not. But <laughs> yeah. I've seen people do that and yeah. it works. You know, I've seen where some people, they'll do mechanical cultivation mm -hmm. and then they will also hill the dahlias. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. When you get to a certain size scale, that's an awesome option because then at that size, it becomes, do I want to go through here and corral all these? Mm -hmm. So the extra hilling helps out. And that's the same theory to me as us putting minimal crowling and planting them deeper. So yeah. to me, I'm kind of meeting that need by just planting them deeper. And yes, we're still crowling, but mm -hmm. it's, we're not having as many fall over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like in a 150 foot bed, we have, one, two, we have pretty much split up into thirds for putting in T post and then we're running bailing twine and you know, we do get some that snap, but you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's honestly, it's very minimal. Mm -hmm. I mean, even no matter what you do, there's going to be some of that. Yeah. And, and Jed was doing like the Florida weave for a while. If you guys, isn't that what, mm -hmm. is that what it's called? Well, yeah. I mean, I call it, the, it's a Jed weave. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Cause like, I, you know, I just kind of, cause you know, some values are bigger than others when yes. I'm going through and some like I, you know, you know, it's just kind of like a custom, yeah. it's a custom weave, but you know, so, but basically what I do is I tie off at the one T post at the end mm -hmm. and then I go through and I pick one, I'm walking on one side of the bed and I go and like all the dyes that are good size, I will go around and I have a piece of PVC that is down around the plant where the line is. And then I'm holding it up high. So I'm not all bent over. And then I basically go around all the plants and I go to that first T post and I wrap and I don't wrap it there. I just kind of like, um, use the T post as like, kind of like a point of leverage. And I kind of lightly, if anything's kind of like, um, falling over, getting kind of like top heavy, then I lightly use that. And it kind of, honestly, it lifts them up, straightens them right up. Mm -hmm. And then I wrap around two or three times and I keep zigzagging on that side of the, of the, uh, the dahlia bed. And then I'll go all the way down and then I will do like, an, I call it it's like a lane corral where I'll go along the edge and anything that would be falling over into your walkways, I'll corral that. Mm -hmm. And then I just tie off at the end. It's all one long piece, mm -hmm. the zigzag plus around the end for corralling. And then I tie off at the end. Mm -hmm. And essentially we're using now about every 50 feet or so we have two T-post. Two T-post. Yes. Yep. I put one on the end mm -hmm. and then there's six in the in the row and another one on the end. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I know, you know, there's still a lot of debate out there and lots of people do it different ways on whether you should be pinching or not. Mm -hmm. We have generally not pinched ever. Um, and <laughs> Lindsay, like, Lindsay complete 
things were completely nuts for not pinching. Um, so for us, it was always just like a huge labor to have to go through each one and pinch. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we thought that we never really saw much of a difference. So, um, we're going to try and pinch like half of them next year. Right. To, to really like, yeah. So, yeah. um, I think we, we might try to pinch next year, but we'll <laughs> see. But it's like, yeah, some of our plants kind of, I feel like they more naturally branch than others. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that like something like our divas weren't naturally branching as much. And so I think there's a benefit to it. It's just like, for me, like, am I going to have more like two weeks earlier? Yeah. But I mean, we're to the point now where we have enough numbers. I don't really feel like it makes that much of a difference. And we have other flowers mm-hmm. growing too. So yeah. it's not like we're like, we're never like, we love, we love when the dahlias come, yeah. but we're not like starving. Meeting. We need those dahlias, yeah. you know? So for us. Yeah. And I think, you know, when, when we do like have that initial cut, so like if you don't pinch, then you're going to get that first bloom a little earlier because you're not pinching it out. Mm-hmm. But it is important. Let's say if you decide not to pinch, that that first cut is a, a little deeper. It's essentially a pinch. Yeah, to because, try and promote branching. Uh, one of the comments also is like, how do you get your stems not to look like tree trunks? And that's essentially what that is, is that mm-hmm. first one is a cut where you get that and you get that one that looks like a tree trunk, you know? So it's like one of those things, you know, it's uh, that's essentially is the only time we get that because you get that deep cut. And that's the biggest thing I can say on values is, as long as you're leaving at least three to four leaf nodes on the side, you can cut them pretty hard Mm -hmm. and they can take a lot. So, yeah. Okay. So you've got your dahlias going, um, and you're cutting. So right now we are in the thick of our dahlia season and our dahlia started pretty, we thought, I thought they started kind of early this year. So mm-hmm. I would say like the first couple of weeks of August, we were starting to really get some of our earlier varieties. Um, coming on which was really nice especially for like wedding work and that kind of stuff and actually our summer csa got a lot of dahlias this year which was kind of new and fun so um if we're cutting dahlias and you want to talk a little bit about like what your watering schedule and fert schedule okay so for us it's so hard to it's kind of hard for me to like relight. So basically what we do for watering is, um, say if it hasn't rained that much that week, I will let, I have two sections in our dahlia field and we have a well that produces about 25 gallons a minute. Um, I do 15 rows, 150 foot long with six, two, six inch emitter drip tapes in each, in each row. Mm-hmm. I will let that run for 20, at least 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And I will go down and just check it out, see how it's looking. And then I'll switch it over to that. So I try to do that at least once a week that I know it's not raining. You know, if you get like a good rain, depending on how hot it is, it's like one of those things, just like your other crops, you're kind of looking at that. But dahlias in particular, they are very thirsty. Mm -hmm. And I'm just checking out the growth. I'm checking out like, do I have a lot of green growth? Are they kind of looking like you got to like kind of look at your plants and basically be like, are they kind of showing like too much water? Which is honestly, in my opinion, it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard to overwater a dahlia once they get established. So for me, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And I like to go through at least every once to two weeks. The first thing we do, we do a lot of, I've done the emitter through the drip tape and I didn't like it as far as like adding fertilizer through that. Mm-hmm. 
to the roots, I didn't like that. I didn't feel like I was getting a good result with that. So I don't use like a fertigator to fertigate our dahlias. We put down the granular when we plant with the compost. And then after that, we're foliar feeding. I have a still backpack sprayer. It's a mist sprayer. It's like a leaf blower that puts a little liquid out and it can like go like 20 feet. It's really awesome. You can do a lot with that. And so for me, until I start seeing blooms, I will use fish emulsion and I dilute it down to the recommended levels. And I just go through every week to two weeks and you don't want to do it in the heat of the day. You do it in the morning or in the evening. So for me, I usually do it during the evenings and I go up there and I, and I, I full your feed and that's what I do. And I, I really truly believe that the plants it's like a good rain. Like the plants absorb the moisture and they absorb all that through like their skin. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that you cannot beat that. You can't beat a good rain. You can't beat like, like uh, giving them like a good foliar feeding Mm -hmm. versus like through the roots. Like you, you put down your granular that's doing the job down there, but the foliar feeding is really, really good. So, um, once we see blooms, we switch from the nitrogen of the fish emulsion and we go to, I believe it's called, it's 001. It's, we call it bloom boost. We get it at Ohio earth food and we go through and we switch to that. And what that basically what that does is increase the amount of blooms you're going to get off your dahlias. And I believe in that stuff. Like we use it, same thing every week to two weeks we go through and we spray that. And I truly believe that that stuff works. And that's pretty much what we do as far as a feeding. So everyone always told, told me that you do not fertilize your dahlias with nitrogen past August 1st for, our, for Ohio. Because it gets to that point roughly. And then the dahlias, you want them also to put some energy into producing tubers mm-hmm. and not just the blooms. Mm-hmm. So we will continue to use that bloom boost because it doesn't have nitrogen. And it's also like throwing out some blooms and we've never had any issues with like our tubers and the the quality of our tubers. Mm -hmm. So that's something I feel really confident in. Mm -hmm. So for us, we don't like go through and give it another dose of granular fruit or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about pest management? Cause I I feel like it's different. We we're battling a new pest every year in some ways. Um, and we used to use we was like bag all of our dahlias so with those organza bags. We've tried everything. We've done a lot, yeah. And we pride ourselves on cover cropping using organic fertilizer and using all these organic principles. We just strongly believe in you know putting good things in the earth. You get good things out. But for us, we tried. Hyganic. Um, there's another one. I can't think of the name of it, but basically there's uh, two organic sprays you could use where it's like a contact spray. And then another one that stays on for us, it was so tough because we would spray our plants with this spray. And then like two days later it would rain and then the bugs would be back out. It would, I, I felt like it wasn't like, it was a lot of labor, especially when at that time we were using a pump sprayer. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was a lot of labor for going through there and constantly spraying. And that organic spray is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then we also tried organza bags, organza bags, excuse me. For us, we got the largest ones. It slowed things down tremendously. We were still getting bugs in there. Mm-hmm. 
And we get bugs again in the organza bags. We would have heads that snapped off. It was slowing down harvest to a crawl. It was hard to see like exactly like the right time to harvest and stuff like that because you would just see like a bloom in a bag. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to like get a read on that mm-hmm. when it's like the, the yeah. you have a cafe LA and it's like kind of smushed in there. Yeah. So a lot of labor involved with the bags on, off, on, off. Mm-hmm. So for our pest management, we use a mix of some of the organic solutions. We do not use organza bags because of the time management, hard to see the blooms. But for us, we um, if we have to, we feel like it was the difference between keeping a crop and not, we will spray something that is non-organic, uh, but we will do that minimally. Because for us, it's like such a, um, there's so much cost into our crop too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mixing that. And like I said, so that's mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. And so I think that that's really a great start. We are cutting our dahlias now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in part two when we talk about how how we sell them, what we use them for, and all that kind of stuff. So um, do you want to talk? Because I know Judd has – we have been trialing a lot of different things here because I think one of the bummers, you know, and I hate saying this, but I think – it's maybe it's a complaint that some people have is that generally like when people go from our summer bouquets to our fall bouquets, which are more dahlia heavy, they're used to like those super hardy summer blooms. And then the dahlias are like only lasting, you know, we'll tell people five to seven days if you treat mm-hmm. them very nicely. Yeah. Um, and so we're always looking for like ways to make our dahlias last longer. Um, and Judd has done a lot of playing with harvest stage on them. Do you want to share a little bit about what you found this year? Yeah. So one of the, I feel like this year we've had the least amounts of, as far as I know, no customers have said anything to us Mm -hmm. about our dahlias. And I feel like for us going through and um, kind of deadheading our dahlias Mm -hmm. more and going through there and just constantly like anything that's a little bit past. So what I mean by past is I want like the petals just kind of just continuing to open up. Some people would say a little on the early stage because most people don't think dahlias continue to open up, but dahlias do continue to open up. Now it's very minimally, but if you get one and let's just say uh, Sierra Glow, for example, yeah. one of our one of our dinner plates. Mm-hmm. So if you get Sierra Glow and it's like you harvest it when it's like completely opened up, mm-hmm. that is not going to last. It is not going to last whatsoever. So I will just like almost like just like almost like. F- opening up just like when it's opening up. So mm-hmm. s- being more aggressive on getting them harvested at a little bit more immature stage, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, than fully mature. Mm-hmm. It's so tempting to get the fully mature, absolutely beautiful dahlia, mm-hmm. but you have to be honest with yourself that that thing is not going to do good. Mm-hmm. And another thing is you want a nice sturdy stem. If you have a stem and that and you grab that dahlia, no matter how beautiful that dahlia is, but that dahlia is kind of doing a little wiggle mm-hmm. and, it's a, and it's not a sturdy stem, it's not going to last. So mm-hmm. sturdy stems and harvesting on the earlier side. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us this year, it's made a world of difference. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I think if you're looking at 
at your dyes and doing some grading, obviously you don't want like petals to be starting to face backwards, mm-hmm. um, curl backwards, like on yeah. the ball dies. Like that's kind of a visible indicator that we use. Obviously any brown yeah, you know, if, petals. If you, if you grab it and you look on the underside of it, be, be honest with yourself. Look at that thing. If you look on the underside of it and you start seeing some petals on uh, where the stem meets, kind of when they, the like the beautiful petals are curling and you start seeing a little bit of brown, that thing is not going to last. Mm-hmm. It's not going to last for your customer and they're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And for us, yeah, they don't last as long as a, you know, a marigold or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But if you set the expectations with your customer and you do these things, I truly believe that that makes a difference. I've heard mm-hmm. some people dipping them in warm water, but it's like, come on. Yeah. To, to like, to a certain extent, you know, you just get to a side. I mean, we planted around 10,000 10, this year. Yeah, around 10,000 dives this so year. So for us to have to manage boiling ends and that kind of <laughs> – I mean, that's <laughs> that's quite a labor. Um, so – and we, we just cut into straight water. Mm-hmm. So we're cutting into water. We're whisking them away to the cooler to get that field heat off of them. Um, and that has worked really good for us. And another thing that we try to do is, for example – our fall subscription, we do the bouquets on Wednesday for pickup on Thursday. So we try to make sure that we're harvesting the dahlias that the day that we're going to use them, mm-hmm. which can be hard sometimes. I mean, I think we could harvest them a, the day before and it not be a problem. Yeah. But you do have to kind of watch that cooler time, I think, with the dahlias. And so that the, the goal is always to have the customer have the longest base life when they get it in their mm-hmm. hand. And I think dahlias is just one of those that they'll hold in the cooler. Like for weddings and stuff, they would be fine. Yeah. But as far as like a market bouquet, I really do think we try to cut as close – to when it gets into the customer's hand as possible. Try not to harvest it on Monday if you're going to use it on Friday or Saturday. Right. And then expect a whole another week out of it. Yeah. It's just like be honest with yourself and like look at those things. Just pay attention to it. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you just have to work with the plant. Yeah. And I saw a really good question on Instagram and we actually, you know, had this little problem, not a problem, but just like a problem to solve on our farm. It's like when we were coming back on Monday, we had all these dahlias to harvest, Mm -hmm. um, but we really didn't have a sales outlet that early yet. So what, what something we did to try and solve that problem is that we kind of opened like a dahlia bar in our studio that self-serve it's all dahlias. So everything we cut, we'll cut for Monday um, we'll usually cut for wholesale and for the Dahlia bar on Monday. And that has seemed to help us mm-hmm. move that Monday product. So yeah. we didn't have it sitting in the cooler for too long. Okay. So let's talk about end of the season. So on, on our frost typically is mid October last year. It was, Oh gosh, for us, <laughs> we it, gave up <laughs> the, se- the season never ended. And that's also another thing I want to talk about. So I think for us, it was around Halloween mm-hmm. for our, for our frost. And sometimes we have in the beginning of October. So I was like, okay. In, in your mind, you're like, okay, yeah. Dahlia's through Halloween. That's great. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, something we kind of figured out, you know, and maybe some people know this, we never really knew this, but I strongly believe that the weather was great. The weather was great. We were still Beautiful. taking care of our dahlias mm-hmm. and everything, but I believe the dahlias are daylight sensitive where the days were getting so short that you know when the dahlias get the yellow the yellow centers mm-hmm. is like as soon as they open up and they're yeah. basically trying to survive i feel like they were still doing that even though it, like frost wasn't coming mm-hmm. 
you know, and I had, I believe that it was daylight sensitivity mm-hmm. where they just got to a point where they were just they weren't no getting enough sunlight. So yeah. we normally wait till after frost to cut ours down, but mm-hmm. we just picked a point where like, it was like the third week, October where yeah. like things were looking funky out in the field. And I think the product <clears throat> quality decreases. Yeah. You know, too. So centers were getting blown out. Stim- stems were flimsy. Yes. Very wimpy stems. So we try, and I think this year, you know, probably the second half of October, we'll get started um, digging our dyes. So Judd uses a Chechly. Oh am I going to say this right? <laughs> I, you're Chechly- Ita- I can't believe your Italian bones <laughs> inside you is not coming through. Chechy and Megley. Got it. Yes. And so- the thing about like, as you guys all know from flowers is it's, we live in a veggie world. There's a lot of crossover with veggie equipment for flowers, but man, we get no respect on the flower end of things. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, at 3000 hand digging with a potato fork, which is a great way to do things. I was like, okay. At the end of the year, I was pretty much on the couch for like a week afterwards. My yes. wife was like... <laughs> get off the couch. <laughs> she's very sympathetic. I don't want to sound like she's a slave driver because she's not. She's super, my wife is amazing. So anyways, yeah, she was basically like, this is ridiculous. We need to look into like a better solution. Yeah. So when we were little, we used a small potato fork, loosened the soil around the, around the dahlia clump and kind of lifted them that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we started looking into other solutions. So the two big solutions for me that I was looking at was there is like a, they call them like a bed lifter where it's like a bar that goes on the back of your tractor. It's not power. It's not PTO powered like a rototiller is or a brush hog. There's no power to it. So it's just a bar and it's kind of angled and it basically, it goes underneath the bed and lifts the soil up and loosens the soil where you could grab the dahlias out. Mm-hmm. Like an undercutting. It's bar. like an undercutter bar, mm-hmm. bed lifter, whatever. There's different terms. For it. Yeah. Um, so that was one option I looked at, but for me, our tractor is a compact tractor. It's like 32 horsepower. It's a three series John Deere. I was concerned about like the weight of our tractor and spinning tires and basically getting stuck in the dirt. So for me, I was already planting in a raised bed. I started looking at potato diggers and I seen the old like medieval looking ones that they used to like horse drawn and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I just couldn't find anything like that. And I came across a Chechian Magli SP50V. It's something you can run on a very small tractor. Like when I run it, it is like the lowest level. It's just very lightly. So the machine has two discs where it cuts up like some of the like stalks that might be like out of your bed. And say if you have plastic on your bed, it'll, it'll loosen that up. And then there's like a shovel that gets underneath the tubers and lifts them up and the soil. And on the back, there's this thing where it's PTO powered and it shakes and it's, and it's like, um, how would you describe it? It almost looks like a rake or something. Mm-hmm. And so basically the idea is like a grate kind of, yeah, it's like a grate mm-hmm. and it vibrates back and forth. It like shakes it back and forth. And the idea is the soil is going to drop through the grate and then the tubers will keep getting pushed out the back. And then, they sit on top of the soil. So you just have to go by and just put them in your crate. Mm-hmm. For me, when we first use it, I did like our 150 foot row. It literally takes me like, I, I go, I go like a grandpa because I'm like, like, I, like I'm in a parade because I freaking <laughs> love using this thing. So it takes me about, honestly, about three minutes to do a 150 foot row mm-hmm. of just lifting the dahlias. And for us, 
it's totally it was worth life it. changing. It is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. When you get to a certain point and you invest in stuff like that, and it's hard when it's like a singular purpose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if you grow potatoes in your garden or something like that, you can use it for that mm-hmm. too. But for us, it was just an efficiency. Such a labor saver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so Jed, we'll go down and cut the stalks first yeah. of all the dahlias. So we kind of clear them that way. And then with the digger, the plastic is still on. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get them to visualize, you know, mm-hmm. the drip tape is still laid. So the drip tape is going to come it, up. It comes up with that. And it's really no problem. Like it doesn't really get tangled in there nope. or anything. And then we'll, we come behind the tractor with crates, mm-hmm. um, black crates, and then we're throwing the clumps in the crates that then take up to the barn to wash off. Yeah. And so we still do hand dig. Mm-hmm. So say if we have a row where it's half and half, like we have a half of one variety, we'll plant up to each other. Some people leave like a six foot gap. So what I do is I go through and I hand dig in each direction about three sets back. So it will give me a six foot gap. So when I go through and I do that first section of the field, I go up until I don't see any more tubers coming out. And then I know that's the break in between there. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick those up and then we'll hit the next section. Mm-hmm. So it's a way yeah. for us to, we still use a potato fork, mm-hmm. but not nearly as much as we used to. So for yeah. us, that's a way that we try to mechanize things. Mm-hmm. And as far as like labeling, you know, we will use like some plant tags that we just get off Amazon and mark our crates. Two per crate. Yeah. Because one will fall off every yes. time. Um, just to you try and find the most organized person on your crew. And maybe that's you <laughs> mm-hmm. to be super detail oriented. And then also, you know, we use field maps and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. So, um, it really is important, especially for us because our winter biz is kind of selling our tubers is that stuff is labeled correctly. And that is a piece that's kind of like easy to skip over when mm-hmm. you're in like the visceral like work of just trying to get it all done. Yeah. But it is really an important piece. So even with our loose soil, we still have soil in there. So we try to knock off as much soil as we can. And also a thing we do is we actually take um, some like pruning loppers and we go through and we cut the stalks down pretty good. Mm-hmm. So when you're putting them in the crates, you can get more in the crates because you don't have that crazy big stock. Because originally we were trying to use our hand pruners and you know how it is, those stalks, some of those things are monsters. Mm-hmm. So we just started using loppers. And another good thing about the loppers is, is you're standing up and you're not like bent over. Mm-hmm. Save your wrists a little yep. bit too because yep, sure. they can get really big. More leverage. Yep. So once the dyes are in the crates, we whisk them up to the barn. That's where we... We, we keep them there until it's time to hose off. Mm-hmm. Um, in our barn, we've made the mistake of letting, digging our dahlias and letting them sit out in the yard. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, you don't want to you don't want to store them dry and we we're just thinking, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let them dry off there. Well, they they'll start shriveling. Mm-hmm. So for us, we don't want to let them sit out in the sunlight, so we take them in our barn. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have a barn, which is fine, we used a garage at first mm-hmm. or you could even hose yours off as you go. Mm-hmm. Or you could put them in dirty. It's kind of there's a lot of different ways yeah. to do it. Yeah, and I think it's just figuring out. I mean, some people like just kick the dirt off. We have very clay soil, so when our clumps come up, they a lot of times are caked in some dirt. Yeah, if you leave it on there, it's like concrete. Yes. So, um, and we, because we're dividing in the winter, it's nice that everything is kind of hosed off mm-hmm. and ready to divide for the most part at that point. So we just get some folding tables and some hoses, and the girls. 
and I just hose them off to get the majority of the dirt off. It is by far the dirtiest job of, of the year on the farm. Yes. Um, I, we'll have to snap a picture this year of the girls. <laughs> there's a reason there's no picture out there because <laughs> we get the Carhartt rain bibs on and it looks like the, the set of Dangerous Catch because the girls are out there with their hoses and they look like crabs coming across the tables. And it's just, it is a wild, <laughs> wild um uh, it is a dirty job. Thing to see. Yes. So it's a dirty job. So we hose them off. Then we put them in the barn. There's a good airflow in there. And it's usually a little bit warmer. And we let them dry out there before we put them into storage. Mm -hmm. So for storage, we've tried a cooler. We had some uh, bad luck there with some uh, – we had some like mold, mold on some of yeah. them. And uh, we did some things wrong with that, but I really think you do have to monitor, and that's something you know. As as our like dahlia production grows, right now we're still hauling all the crates down into our basement, which is like a safe spot for them. So we trust it, and mm. it's like. But for us, we really do need to start figuring out like how to manage humidity and mm -hmm. a cooler. And I think we're going to give it another shot this year. With yeah. a better, we got a better game plan this yes. year. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's something, you know, we can do a, even a follow-up episode down the road to, you know, check in on how that's going. I'll make sure to update you guys. Um, but I know for us, our basement is unfinished. The dahlias really like it down there. It mm -hmm. stays probably about 50 degrees. Um, and we, it's nice that we just go downstairs and check on them. And then, well, and a lot of people, so when we first started, we used like some chicken bedding, like cedar bedding. Yeah. We used mm -hmm. uh, some cedar bedding. Well, cedar bedding. And then we had, um, help me out here. What's the brown? Peat moss. We, we used peat moss mm -hmm. too. And it's like dusty. And like, honestly, last year we didn't put ours in any kind of medium mm -hmm. and we didn't notice anything. Nope. You know, we obviously are going through and inspecting them. And, um, for me, it's easier to keep an eye on them mm -hmm. as far as with that. Um, I feel like if you put them in dry in the basement, you don't let them get shriveled, which is not putting them out in the sun that the no medium is not a big deal. I think mm -hmm. it's like one of those things people get like, just like planning, you get a little nervous on it. Yes. So, but for us, we're just like, we're going to give it a shot. And mm -hmm. for us, it was a lot easier. It's a lot easier getting them out of storage to split the whole thing. Yep. So. I know it's kind of a controversy. We just put them in crates. So they had good airflow. And for us, it was even in our basement with the concrete walls, we had we had very little issue mm -hmm. as far as like with shriveling. So. Yep. so we currently do not use any kind of storing medium. We just put them in the crates. Mm -hmm. And then from that point forward, we spend most of the winter digging or I'm sorry, dividing tubers mm -hmm. for our own stock plus we have a tuber store that we launch right around Thanksgiving and we sell tubers all winter to growers, um, other farmers, uh, home, home growers, home gardeners. Uh, we have some wholesale accounts that we sell tubers to. Um, and that has been a really nice blessing for the business because the business is no longer, um, you know, only 10 months out of the year, or nine yeah. months, you know, when it we gives first us winter work and our employees too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it allows us to have employees through the winter. And for us, it's like, we used to, we used to take like a month off or two months off, but now it's like, we pretty much, was, we started splitting last year when we had about 7,000, it was uh, two of us and it took us all the way to January, February through March. Mm -hmm. Of that, and then last year we also started taking dahlia cuttings too, mm -hmm. which is something we're going to continue to do. It was a huge success for our farm this year. We took about uh, eight hundred fifty nine hundred dahlia cuttings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
and the cuttings have been amazing. So we've done a lot of trial and error on that. Judd has really perfected that. And so, you know, even just like thinking, we could talk about this little in part two as well. Um, but just thinking about other avenues for your tuber. So for us, we'll probably be trying to pot some up for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing some different things um, to keep selling the tuber stock and, of course, increasing our own. So, I mean, I think you get to a point and like they can be in like a little bit of an addiction, you know, like wanting to get the right colors. And we're always like perfecting our colors. Like we're always trying to feel like, okay, like, hey, this year we really felt there was a gap on like for us this year, we were thinking there was kind of a gap on like more muted pastel-y light colors. I think that's next episode. But for us, basically <laughs> yeah. what we're looking forward to, a little sneak preview, mm-hmm. we're looking for like more yellows and mm-hmm. soft pinks. We, yes. have, we have like the hot hot colors mm-hmm. and I usually tend to go to the hot colors, but mm-hmm. Shannon's like, we need soft, you know, mm-hmm. and we just kind of look at the field. We're walking through the field. We're looking how f- colors flow and we're always looking for new things mm-hmm. and different shapes and textures and, you know, dahlias. Every year I'm like, oh, am I getting many dahlias? And I'm like, hey, Shannon, look at this variety. Check out this. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun thing and it's yeah. like, it's a way to be, dahlias to me, a lot of people grow them but it's a differentiator. There's so many varieties and there's so many varieties continue to come out from so many talented people that it is a differentiator for your Mm -hmm. farm Mm -hmm. and your garden. Mm -hmm. If you're you gardeners out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really for us, if we're just like rounding out, you know, some, you know, sometimes they get a bad rep, you know? And I really do think that for us, it's been a really it's an important piece to our business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important in what we do for business um, because we sell the tubers. We keep investing in our own stock. Um, the the stem, the, what you can sell a stem for is very, fairly high. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it is definitely a win-win and something that we will continue to grow, perfect. But I really do think we're, I mean, this has been year six and we're just finally getting to the point where like, okay, like we really like the way that we're growing dahlias. Yeah. You know, our, just like your guys' farm, our farm has changed from year one to year six. Mm-hmm. And originally we we're kind of like, eh, in the dahlias, but it's like, like I said, like that failure. And that taste of like that failure of like the not ha- having those tubers turn to mush, it just like lit a little fire under my butt where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is serious. Like, you know, you, you have to take this serious and you have to like do things right. Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's just like now it's evolved into this thing. And it's like when I tell like people come to the market, and they're like, I'm still talking about dyes like crazy. And I'm a guy, I'm a bigger guy and all that stuff. And people are always like, I can't believe a guy's into this, but it's like <laughs> dahlias are so cool. You can take the cuttings of them, the, the tubers, and it's just like, yeah, they are a little extra than a celosia is. Mm-hmm. But for me, they're worth it. And it's like there's so many things that they can give you. And and it's just like it's just such a really unique, cool flower. And there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else color-wise, some symmetry-wise, and the diversity of them. There's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, I really hope that you all gleaned a lot of really good information from the diet episode. Um, we will be back next week with part two, and we're going to be talking about selling dahlias, our favorite varieties, sourcing, um, how how to sell them profitably, mm-hmm. and hopefully you guys 
learned a few tips and tricks from yeah. some of our mistakes. I, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm a pretty easy guest to have because yes. she can she can hunt me down. So I'm, <laughs> I'm always around. <laughs> so and I don't mind talking. So Yes. So um, you guys can always connect with Judd too. So if you have any specific questions, he's over on Instagram at Bloomhill Judd. Yes. And he is honestly a source of knowledge. Our farm would crumble without his knowledge and he's like always searching to do better and i think that is is the mark for a really great boss and business partner so yeah. he does really good so and values are his thing so i really hope that you enjoyed this this episode part one um and we'll be back next week with part two so if you really do love what you're hearing from Lindsay and i and my co-host judd today huh. <laughs> please head over to um, our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear it. We're collecting some Dahlia questions over there. So keep, I'll, I'll keep posting that over the next couple of days so that we're going to kind of keep that um, Instagram story open so you guys can keep asking your questions. Um, and feel free to chat with us over there. We really do love getting a chance to hear from you. Um, we are going to be picking also, if you leave us a review, um, we're going to be picking a 15, a free 15 minute coaching call for someone who le leaves a review. Um, we're going to do that on the podcast. So we're really looking forward to that. We picked our first one. So every month we're going to be picking one person and that'll start this month. So please, if you have enjoyed the, the podcast, head over and leave us a review. We would appreciate that so much. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you at the same time, same place next yep. week. Thanks, for having me. Thanks Jed. Thanks, Jed.